Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Pastor Jim's desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application to our daily lives. So many people in our world want to be happy. As you read the Bible, it seems God wants us to be happy too. The conflict seems to be in the way the world tells us how to be happy, and the way God tells us how to be happy is not the same at all. In Psalm 146, the Bible writer instructs us that happiness is found in God. This does not mean the absence of difficulty, but rather the knowledge that God is with you and He is your daily hope. This type of happiness can carry us through every day. So how do we get there from day to day? Let's join Pastor Jim in part two of his message, Happy and Hopeful. Our excitement and joyful adoration of the Lord testifies to people. You know what a testimony is? Somebody gets in courtroom, they give a testimony. They're telling the truth. It testifies that Jesus Christ is my Savior and my trust is in Him. I remember when, before I was a follower of Jesus, when I first came into a church, watching people sing, watching people worship, Watching people actually worship in attentiveness of listening to the teaching of God's word had a deep, deep effect on me. So may we be like the great men and women of the word of God of old. May we be like the great saints of old and be grieved at boring and lifeless worship and boring and lifeless prayer, and boring, and lifeless teaching of the word of God. Verse two, he says, while I live, I will praise the Lord. I will sing praises to my God while I have my being. And so here the psalmist uh, declares and encourages to us that we are to praise the Lord, if you will, all the day long. He says, while I have my being. We are to praise the Lord every day and forever. Some versions say, he says, while I have my being. Some versions say, as long as I live. Now, we've talked about this many times before. There's always lots of talk of revival. But I think a lot of times we talk about it and then we sort of kind of walk out and we're like, yeah, I don't know, I don't know. And we're not really so sure if we really believe that it's going to happen. We're sort of sitting on the sidelines waiting for God to do something, not realizing that we have a part to play in it as well. I will say this. When you participate in joyful praise, I think it will give you a hope of revival in the church. When you see God's people pouring their hearts out to him and desiring to live holy lives before him and to hear, you know, they open their Bibles because God is going to speak. It will really enlarge your heart. You know what? This revival thing is actually possible. More people can come to faith as God is enlarging our hearts so large that we will be overflowing with his grace and his love that we'll be able to share it with others. And so this is an exciting thing to think of. Let's think of it as this way. A new spirit of praise will be assigned to us in the church of the Lord's coming in power 
to save. And the Lord's coming in power to grow the kingdom of God. And notice, again, the the psalmist knows that we are all participants. Look what he says again in verse 2. He says, I will, not I might, not I'll try better, I will. That is a determination. I will praise the Lord. I'm going to lay my feelings aside. I'm, going to la- I'm not going to be like, well, I don't really like this song or something like that. I'm going to lay it all aside, and I'm going to say, I will sing praises to my God while I have my being or as long as I live. Now, I believe with all of my heart, this goes far beyond a church service. This is a lifestyle of praise that comes out of a constant awareness of God. You're constantly aware that he is with you. You are constantly aware that he is your creator. Because of Jesus, you are aware that your creator, the creator God is also your savior king. And that when we come to turn to God and put our trust in Jesus, that he becomes our heavenly father. This also provides for us and uh, all of the earth, uh, all of which point to he is worthy of our praise. So as we praise, we will point others to the fact that he is worthy of our praise. So this is an important point to see. In trusting him, we praise him. Did you catch that? In trusting him, we praise him. That's why I said when we pay attention to God's word, we are trusting him. We are, we are praising him. We are worshiping him. So in trusting him, we praise him. However, if we are not trusting him, if we are not attentive to him, then we are not praising him and we are not worshiping him. Verse three and four, we get a warning. He says, do not put your trust in princes. We might say, don't Put your trust in the government. Do not put your trust in princes, nor in a son of man. Now you say, isn't that what Jesus called himself? We'll get to that in a second. Nor a son of man in whom there is no help. Another version says, don't put your trust in human beings who cannot save. Another version says, do not put your trust in uh, uh, princes in whom there is no salvation. Verse four, his spirit, the one, the prince, the the human, the government, the people you would put your trust in other than God, his spirit or his breath departs. He returns to his earth. He goes back into the ground. Kind of reminds us of Adam, dust to dust. In that very day, his plans perish. So what is he saying? That, that, the person you're trusting in eventually will die and what you are hoping for that they would help you with, if you will, their plans die with them. If we're going to put our full trust in the Lord, that means we can no longer keep our full trust in the kingdom of man. I'm not saying we never trust people, but ultimately our trust is in God and in the kingdom of God. Here's the reality. Even the richest and most powerful people in this world are here today and gone tomorrow. 
Their life is but a breath. You know, sometimes you ever get a magazine and maybe in the January edition, and, it says the, and I'll have a couple pages of people who, famous, well-known people, rich people who died the year before. And you're thinking like, wow, I, you know, I remember watching their movie or something like that. And they, wow, they got older or look how old they got. And, and, and life is, it's just essentially, again, it's just a, a breath. And ultimately, no matter how rich they are, no matter how powerful they are, they can't save themselves. And if they can't save themselves, how are they going to save us? It's not possible. It's sim- the answer is it simply cannot happen. It's almost like the psalmist is also saying to us, how many bad leaders is the world going to have until we actually see it? How many bad leaders or leaders who just die are we going to put our trust in until we open up our eyes? It's like we're blind to it. We open up our eyes and see that the Lord is the only one who is worthy of our trust. You see, here's the deal. Even when you get a good leader, they eventually leave office. In Israel, they had good kings. Not perfect, but they had some good kings. But what happened a lot of times when the good kings died? Their good plans Their good intentions often died with them too. And a lot of times their bratty kids took over and things got very, very bad. And so here, by use of a negative example, the psalmist calls us to a God-centered life, not a man-centered life, a God-centered life a life in which it revolves around God. We build our lives around the person of God and his word. Yet let's be honest. How prone are we to abandon God for people? Now, some of you are going, I don't do that. I don't do that. How many times have you blown off a commitment you had to God because of the pressure from friends or family? How many times have you just blown off worship, coming to gather with God's people to hear God's word because you didn't want to go maybe a little late to a family function? I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things, but think about the times or, you know, the old joke we use. How many times have you decided on a Sunday morning to fellowship with Pastor Pillow and Reverend Sheets and just, you know, it's my only day to sleep and we blow off God, we abandon God for people. We actually believe our own rationalizations. We're actually believing the stuff that we think is true. And deep down, we know it's not true. Even more so than abandoning God for people, again, we we believe our own rationalizations. How often do we abandon God for ourselves? How often do we choose what we want over what God wants? How often do do we rely on our own wisdom over the wisdom of the word of the Lord? You know, sometimes you meet people like that and they're a little bit uppity about it. I'll just say to them, well, how's that working out for you? How's that going for you? You don't get good answers. I know when I choose myself over the word of the Lord... Uh, It doesn't really work out well. 
And even if it seems to work out well, I know deep down what's going on. Now, verse five takes us in a completely different direction. Verse five takes us to a much better option, a much better way. It's a way to be happy and to be hopeful. Something that, that, listen, let's be honest, it's not always easy to find, is it? Especially the days in which we, we live in. We're going to talk a lot about that kind of stuff on Sunday. And so he says, happy is the, verse 5, happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy is he who has the God of Jacob for his help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy, help, hope. Here we're told that the, that that of happiness, and some of your versions say blessed or blessed, that, that happy is the person that, whose help comes from God. Happy is the person who, who trusts in God. Happy is the person who puts their hope in God. This is a direct comparison and contrast to verses three and four. As God challenges all of us and says, who will you trust? Will you trust the princes? Will you trust the, the government? Will you trust the, 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 the wise and the beautiful and the rich? Will you trust all of those people or will you trust the Lord? Will you trust the Lord or will you trust humans? Will you trust the Lord or will you trust human institutions? And so the psalmist is telling us that the blessing of God is upon a certain group of people. Who are they? The people who asked the God of Jacob, the God, his name was Israel, also changed to Israel, but God blesses the people. The blessing of God is upon the people who asked the God of Jacob for help. So what does it mean to be happy or what does it mean to be blessed? Um, I'll say for this, from God's perspective, it's not the way it's sold to us as Americans. Happy for us is, you know, everything's going our way. Blessed is kind of the same thing. Blessed is like, oh, I'm blessed. I got a lot of stuff. I'm really blessed. But clearly in the Bible, to be happy or to be blessed does not mean the complete absence of pain or hurt. To be happy, to be blessed to be joyful means to have the presence of God in your life. It's knowing some key things about God. It's knowing that the Lord is personal and not distant. You never meet somebody who you say, they're kind of hard to get to know. God is not like that. God is not like that. He knows you and I intimately well, and he wants us to know him the same way. It's to be blessed, to be happy is also to know that God is active and not inactive. That God is active. He is helping you. He's not inactive. He's not like, hey, I wonder what's going on with Jim down there. You okay, buddy? Why do you tell me? No, no, he knows. To, to be happy, to be blessed is to realize that God is caring. He is not uncaring. Even when it seems like he's uncaring or inactive. He is caring. He cares. He's not uncaring. And it's important to see that here in verse five, God is both our help and our hope. And 
very different than finite leaders. Most of them are about their own agenda. But God knows that being our help and our hope is something that will actually help to make us happy in him. The Lord's agenda is a lot of different things, but one thing it is, it's, it's loving his people. It's showing his people grace. It's showing his people mercy. It's providing his people hope in the midst of great despair. The Lord is so loving and so faithful, he even helped and kept his promises to that deceiver, Jacob. Then you might want to just write down in, in the margin of your Bible, see Genesis 28. Now, I love the fact that he uses the old name here, who he used to be. So he's like, listen, you could be messed up. And if you want, if you want to be, he, he took his name from Jacob, he changed it to Israel. And I like it. He says, if you could be messed up, but if you want to be happy, you, you, will, you will find happiness by asking the God of Jacob for help. You will find happiness when that God is your hope. Even the messed up guy found this way. He found this path. When Jacob was on the run, the Lord met him in a dream. When he was was not living the way he probably should have, God said, listen, man, I'm going to bless the earth through you. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. Now, if you feel today like you're this cosmic screw-up, I hope that gives you great confidence. That Lord, the Lord says, listen, I, I'm not done with you. There's still a lot of work to be done in all of us, but, but I'm going to bless people through you I'm, because I'm going to be with you and I'm not going to leave you. And people are going to begin to see the change in you. And they're going to praise God for it. Did you know that one of the greatest gifts that you and I can give others in our church and in our circle of friends is to be growing in our faith? When when we see people, when I see people growing in their faith, it is so exciting to me. It is so good for my soul. It is so good for my heart. And this guy who, who lied cheated. He did all kinds of stuff. His family become the 12 tribes of Israel. And one day, centuries later, a young woman from his family line would have a baby and they would call his name Jesus for he would save his people from their sins. You see, the Lord helped Jacob. The Lord transformed Jacob. And he will help you too. He helped Jacob to be happy in the sense of knowing the presence of God. And he will do that for you too when he is your help. This is the way to experience the Lord as your present help and your eternal hope. It's the way to enjoy the God of the present, the past, the present, and the future. But the way for that to happen is first, he has to become your God. You have to put your trust in his provision for the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life, his son, the Lord Jesus. 
And the psalmists are just, they're written hundreds of years before Jesus. They're just looking forward to that day. How is an Old Testament saint saved? They look forward to the coming Messiah. What's a New Testament saint? A saint is anybody who's put their trust in God. They looked ahead. We're looking in the rearview mirror at what Jesus has already done. So in verses six and seven, the psalmist gives us four reasons why we can be happy and hopeful in the Lord. Each begins with the word who. Let's look at verse six first. He says, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps truth forever. Another version says, who is faithful forever. So first the psalmist says, our hope is in the eternal creator God, who is number two, always faithful and therefore always available to help. I wonder if we think about that enough. Do we really think about that enough? A lot of times in Christianity, and we, we think of, of being saved. If you don't know what that means, it means that you put your trust in Jesus. He no longer counts you, God no longer counts your sins against you. He counts them against Jesus, and he counts Jesus' perfect righteousness as if it's credited to, it is credited to your account. And so we think that God saves us he, he gives us the forgiveness of sins. He gives us eternal life, but he also helps us now. He is always helping us now. No matter what we're doing, he is helping us now. And we've said this before. I think this is one of the dangers in the church that we have an overemphasis on decisions for Christ. It's good to make decisions for Christ, but we are to be really focused on what Jesus said is making disciples of Christ. Because if we're only focused on decisions and not discipleship, that explains why so many people fall away. Well, I did what the guy said. I went to the front. I prayed the prayer. I asked Jesus into my heart and my life was a calamity. What's going on? That's why you'll notice that when we come, the way we do it here is we teach the word of God. What are we doing? We're teaching you about God. We're teaching you the way he operates and we're teaching you the way that, and I'm learning all the time, that, that the way God wants us to respond to him. What is that? That's discipleship. Learning how to walk with God as we're learning about God, being loved by him and loving in return. What is that? That is discipleship. So you see, if you make a decision for something, it's almost like, it's almost like oh, it comes with a 30-day guarantee or a 90-day guarantee. If it doesn't work out for you, you can return it. No questions asked. That's not what we want it to be. We want it to be like a good marriage. When things are going bad, a good marriage doesn't say, how am I going to get out of this? This is how am I going to get through this? A good marriage says, well, I'm not going to leave my spouse over this. I love them. The same thing is true in discipleship. We're learning so much about God. We're falling deeper and deeper in love with the God who loved us so much that he gave his own son to die on the cross for us. And something wrong goes wrong. Life just goes sideways. So I can't tell you how many times this has happened to me. And I think... Why do I bother? And then I say, Lord, I'm sorry. I can't leave you. I can't because you love me so much. I just can't do it. And if you're not there, that's what discipleship is about. Not a bunch of self-help sermons. Not a bunch of everything has to go great all the time. It's being not dug so deep 
that no matter what happens, and this is the transition we're going to see that, that Habakkuk makes this weekend, that you're so deep in God. Remember we said this weekend that you can't lose him and he can't lose you. You just get to that place. This is going onward in our faith is what we call the doctrine of the perseverance of the faith. You know, it's actually one of perseverance of the saints. It's also called, it's, it's one of the few things I think theologians really can actually come together on. And, and I believe with all of my heart that it's God who keeps his children. I, I, I make no, I have no the thing about me that I think like, oh, I'm, well, I'm doing the right thing and, and God is doing that. Even, even when I say, God, I love you too much to leave you, I know that's the grace of God operating in my life. But I will tell you this, loved ones, I'm learning and I've learned and I continue to learn that we persevere in God when we are keenly aware that the Lord is persevering with us. You might want to write that down. We persevere with God when we are keenly aware that He is persevering with us. Thanks for listening to Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills in Morris County, New Jersey. Changed by Love is designed to bring you hope, encouragement, and the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please pray with us that Changed by Love will make a profound difference in many lives. We are stronger together than we could ever be apart. Teaming together in prayer is the key to a spiritually rich life. It really does take a team of praying individuals to reach thousands. Thank you for being a part of the Changed by Love support team. To find out more ways to team with Changed by Love, go to our website at changedbyloveradio.org or you could call 862-217-9686. Thank you for spending time with Pastor Jim Kevney and Changed by Love.